This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. I don't know how to describe what's going to happen with uh, the Liberal government, Justin Trudeau, and Chinese election interference. I know he hasn't started strongly out of the gate taking any form of accountability for it. And the dominoes may just be starting to fall now. The way I'd view it is, is this a scandal or is this the scandal? But I don't have a third option. It's not not a scandal. Like it, it is very obvious, patently obvious that China interfered in, in our 2019 election and China interfered in our 21 election. To what extent? That's up for debate. And that may make the difference between the the scandal and a scandal. By the way, none of these have anything to do with the we scandal. That was the summer of 2020. But this is not SNC-Lavalin. Because a lot of times you'd be like, no, 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 SNC-Lavalin, and you and I would tune out. We got to be honest about those things. We charity scandal, no, 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 we would tune out. Um, Maybe to a little lesser extent. I think we're all starting to pay a little more attention here about how far tampering went Uh, over the weekend. um, And Mackenzie Gray is going to join us, who broke a lot of this open with reporting global news. A couple of writers from the Global Mail, including Robert Fife and a couple from our uh, television branch at Global News, Sam Cooper and Mackenzie Gray busted this wide open over Friday afternoon going into evening. Here's Sam Cooper from the West Block uh, with Mercedes Stevenson yesterday morning, kind of lays out what the crux of the allegation is. Three weeks before the 2019 federal election, the prime minister's top aides were warned by CSIS in a classified briefing that this candidate, Han Don, was part of a Chinese foreign interference network. Furthermore, he was associated to another alleged suspect, Michael Chan, a former Ontario liberal minister. So this is a very serious classified brief to the Prime Minister's top aides, and uh, CSIS was asking the Prime Minister's office to rescind Don's nomination. A very serious warning. They're telling the Prime Minister, essentially, you have a candidate that is working for China. Uh, The allegations, our sources say, is that Mr. Don uh, is a winning affiliate of this Chinese network that we've reported on interference in 2019 and 2021. So you gather what was just said there. Han Dong running in Don Valley North. He's compromised and he's in on it. And that's not that's not Sam Cooper's reporting. That's not some wild and scurrilous allegation. I would assume anybody who runs for uh, office of any kind is ready for anything at any time that may be about their past or that may be exaggerated or that may be made up. This is CSIS. They're the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Um, sue them if you like, uh, Han Dong, but this is what they're saying about you. You're in China's pocket and you know it. Okay. Both those things end up being accurate right there. Now, um, it's really fascinating to go back to an interview that Han Dong did in late December. And I'll read you some of what he says. We're going to cover this all morning long. Take calls on it. Mackenzie Gray will join us around 820. Um, But again, I can't tell if it's the scandal or just a scandal, but scandalous it is. No question about it. Um, Dong suggested claims of Beijing's interference have been light on detail. He did an interview with the Canadian press. If it's so vague, then I think a lot of Chinese Canadians feel they might be targeted. Here we go. This is now looking so predictable in retrospect. I have a big target on my back. What? Because you're Chinese? Because you were born in China? Or because you're a willing rube? Of the Chinese government and they know it and you know it and now we all know it 
And if it's not true, I would I would sue. If it's not true, I'd have a lawyer going out and making a statement today about it. The allegations involve the Chinese Communist Party flowing funds to a pro-Beijing network that includes 11 liberal and or conservative candidates who ran in that election. Uh, Dong says the worst of vagueness is that it's very easy to trigger another round of anti-Chinese racism or anti-Chinese hate we saw during the pandemic. Again, he's not stupid. He knows that this could easily, you know, basically look a squirrel. That's the argument. That's the political uh, philosophy of Dong right there who came to Canada, who is every, who's become a citizen. He has every right to run. He has every right to win. But when CSIS says you're compromised and you know it, you got one of two reactions. You can own who you are and what you did or, or I'd sue. And there's no sign of a lawsuit right now. Dong said at the time in late December he hadn't been accused of being under Chinese influence. He isn't aware of any allegations against any other MPs uh, that he knows. And I love this quote. The candidates, he said he's concerned that if China did attempt to distribute funds, candidates wouldn't know about it. The candidates may have no idea. Like, most likely, they have no idea, said Dong, the uh, MP, current MP for Don Valley North in Toronto. It's quite an allegation. But the receipts do appear to be there. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. Are you in or out? Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. So are we in or out? You're out. You are over and out. No, 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 no. insulted him a little bit. I'm okay with it, but now you're making me feel weird about it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, we do uh, in or out uh, where you are on a certain topic. Friday, we, um, we, you know, we got into the complicated issue, um, an emotional issue of, of bears, and, and how and how people felt about that, uh, Sheba and Gord. I, and then all of a sudden, listeners kept sending me videos of like bears kind of shimmying up trees, chasing people yeah. around. And I'm like, you don't know what the bear wants. The bear, it, the bear may not be hungry. The bear may we were bear not- shamed. Yeah, I think so. We, we were bear shamed, um, and better that than b a r e shamed in, yeah. in the workplace. That would be oh, all weird. Things of, would be happening in the hallways if that was true. All the advice I, that counters each other: you're supposed to stand still, you're supposed to act big, and scare the bear. You away. scream and wave your arms around because next thing you know, we we had people texting in going, "Who'd win a fight between a gorilla and a bear?" And I think the gorilla would rip the bear's arms off and club oh. the bear to death with those same with those same arms. No, I think it's the other way. You right. think no, a bear think would so handle too. a gorilla? See yeah. a bear paw with the claws? I, I, Gorillas don't have claws. Again, cancel all our guests. I just want to discuss gorilla versus bear for the next hour and forty minutes. It's a good movie. But um, but that would be great. Gorilla, like uh, what was that? Kung Fu? Uh, sorry, Godzilla against uh, King Kong. King right? Kong, yeah. yeah. I don't know who won, but I know they're making a sequel. I think I fell asleep <laughs> during it on a Friday night uh, rental. Anyway, we were discussing this last night because the SAG Awards were on. The Screen Actors Guild Awards were on. We'll give you some of those results in a bit. But I said to my wife, I go, we don't like movies, do we? We used to go to more movies. Our second date, our first date was a concert. Uh, Morrissey was rather depressing music. It's, a, oh. it's incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah, very morose, yeah. sad songs. Very sexy night out to I Hoover, think so, Craig. yeah. That's not, well, yeah. <laughs> Hey, not everything can be new kids on the block uh, and Rick Astley and uh, who was who was supposed to come also? Salt and Pepper on Vogue. Yes. I can't remember. It was Salt and Pepper. Salt and Pepper, right? 
And uh, what was the story that Donnie Wahlberg wouldn't get vaccinated? He so wasn't he vaccinated. Yeah, he wasn't allowed in the country because he wasn't vaccinated. Was he the one yelling at Justin Trudeau Friday night? Was that Donnie <laughs> Wahlberg? <laughs> I don't know. That would be a, so such a great story if it was. Um, anyway, um, but I but we don't go. So we take we've taken our kids Sheba. We've spent lots of money. We did go together to see Top Gun Maverick. We've like about twice a year. I can convince my teenage boys to hang out with us, go out to like have a nice meal at a Jack Astor's or a Milestones. Thanks, um, we're willing to accept gift certificates for the mentions <laughs> and go out, but we don't go out on movies as dates. And I saw this survey that overwhelmingly people think it's the worst first date idea among many of them. Number one is going to the movies, but I think I've gone on a lot of first dates to movies and you want to go out for dinner <laughs> first. This is why nothing worked before meeting my wife, I suppose. But you're supposed to, Sheba, go out for dinner first, talk a little bit. You're getting to know the person. Then you go to the cinema. I get it. If you just pick somebody up, it's a five-minute drive to the theater. The lights go down and you don't talk for two and a half hours. That can be kind of awkward. I think that the dinner does matter, but I think worst, I'm out on movies for first date ideas. I think that's awful. I've been on them. <laughs> No, I've been on them. I have been on them where people have taken me to the movies and I'm thinking, I don't even know you. I don't even know if there's going to be a, like, I'm, it's but, a waste of my, I don't want to go to a movie with you. I want to actually, if we're getting to know each other, let's get to know each other. Let's have some good conversation. Let's do something interactive. Let's do something fun. Uh, movies, you can just, you don't, you don't know each other at all by the time you leave the theater. I, I think I'm out on them also. And, and again, maybe that's, uh, uh, you know, I'm not willing to go back into the time machine and jump into the DeLorean and rechange history, but maybe... Maybe some other things would have worked out better, <laughs> sort of, in the 90s Wait, and the aughts. Before, well, the 90s, <laughs> I should say. Um, going to the movies is listed as the worst. McDonald's, for yes. some reason, gets number two. Why I've can't been, you take your wife to, why no, can't you take your girlfriend date? to McDonald's on a first date in a little car like the one we were talking about in the 6 o'clock <laughs> this hour? This On a Vespa. <laughs> I've, I've been hips. taken to McDonald's. There was a McDonald's right on Young Street. I think it's closed down now. <laughs> Young in Girard area. And I was taken there. Um, on a first date, and I'd, I'd finally said yes. I'm like, I don't know. Then I said yes, and I remember we drove around the block like six times because it was a two. It was like for some reason it was two bucks for parking. I don't know what it was a promo or a special, and he didn't want to pay the two bucks. So we spent like twenty five. That's a great warning sign right there. Thirty eh? minutes you driving s- around the block <laughs> again and again until he found some like parking somewhere, and then we went to the McDonald's. And I thought he was joking. I'll be honest with you. Maybe it sounds a little snooty, but he was like, "Yeah, we're going to McDonald's," and I laughed. And then we yeah. got out of the car and he walked into the McDonald's. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we could do a, a Bad Dates uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, like a he spin-off nice show. He was a nice guy though. You know what? Today. He was a very nice, sweet He needed some guy. guidance on that no, first he had date no game. Yeah. He yeah. had no game at yeah. all. Mm. Not, a, not a lot of zip on that fastball, Gord. Third, <laughs> third place, staying home. And I get that because if you meet somebody or somebody's friend of a friend and the first thing they ask you to do is... Hey, just drop by my place tomorrow night around eight o'clock. Right, exactly. But I feel like that's what the kids do nowadays. I think that they do. Yeah. Number four, going to a parent's house. Oh no. But but we've all had to do that to walk up the steps for high school dates, or even I, I started dating a girl who was living at home in first year university. I'm in first year university. And it's one of the first things you have to do no, before you, you take her to a movie on a first world, date is meet the parents. That's like a double negative. Um, in your world, as a brown Muslim female, you tell the guy either I'll meet you Would there. Would you call me? <laughs> I'll meet you there or uh, I'll meet you around the corner from my house. That's how you women out there know what I'm talking about. The ones who can relate to this. You never have them come to your front door. No way. You're not going anywhere. 
especially with immigrant parents, you're not going anywhere. Is this like where um, Lorraine you, Bracco makes Ray Liotta cover up the cross and, and she maybe. tells the parents that he's half Jewish? No, no. You get the guy to meet you around the corner from your house. That's what used to happen. Would you tell Would you tell some uh, your parents that a, a, a white guy you're dating is half half Muslim? Could that? <laughs> could you drop some uh, fake paperwork? I, you and, don't talk about guys until you're ready to get married. <laughs> oh, okay, they don't know anything until you're like, hey, yeah, I met someone. Um, also on the list, this is great. Number nine? Is that yeah. what you're going for? Number nine is ridiculous. Attending a funeral. I'll give you that. <laughs> what? Don't what? do that. But that's considered a better idea than going to the movies, which I'm I'm thinking, you know what? I really think we've got some chemistry. I know we've been friends for a while. Would you like to go out with me? Um, Uncle Uncle Ross passed away a week ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's just going to be, be a brief service. Yeah, it's I, like so awkward. So you're sitting there in the service while, they, you know, saying, but Uncle Ross, how great a guy he was. And then right. you do the old yawn. And the arm stretch around her. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll admit, during a little bit, I think I described, we were talking about dating last week, and I, just, I used the phrase bad patch. Um, during a bad patch, I, I met a girl. There were three of us guys out. We met three girls. We're talking to them all night at a, at a bar. And I stayed in touch with the one. And my first date invitation was to a wedding. And she thought she committed to go to the wedding, but then two days before, I think she was like, this is just too weird. Yeah. Because I'm like, no, you don't understand. I don't know anybody else at the wedding. It's not like a best friend. That would be fun. I'm not in the wedding party. Well, okay. She didn't think so, apparently. Oh, I think that would be so fun. If you didn't know anybody, you were just kind of there as like a random guest. That would be a very fun first date. Yeah, I think she was just worried that I'd know a whole bunch of people there and I'd be introducing <laughs> this wedding. new special someone. It's your yeah. sister's wedding. That I'd met four days earlier at Old Chicago's. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. We visit every two weeks with our next guest. He's the uh, Liberal MP for Beaches East York. And before I bring him on, he's getting a lot of uh, profiles are being written about him. Sabrina Nanji did a great one for QP Observer. Uh, there was one in the Globe and Mail as well. But what they have also unearthed is a phenomenal photo of him uh, at the Easter parade in a, a lemon yellow suit. Nathaniel Erskine Smith is our guest on Toronto today. Why not? Why not bring that back out for the House of Commons at some point in time? Why not? What's the what? Where's the negative? Uh, w- with that, um, especially in spring, people like the like the pastel colors come springtime. I joke with uh, with colleagues and constituents that sometimes politics is about very serious and thoughtful debates around public policy. And sometimes it is about wearing ridiculous suits and parades. <laughs> I have a yellow one, a purple one, a red one for Canada mm. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I think the yellow, the yellow one's got a little bit of a Jim Carrey, the mask uh, tinge to it. I think it does just a just a bit like um, where he meets Cameron Diaz. Mix and match with so we're Easter parade covered. I think you can. I think you can swing that. All right, you mentioned the serious business. Um, Look, um, there's discussion about a public inquiry into election interference in China. The way I would look at it is for all MPs that do what you do and you know knock on doors and meet at town halls. You want the public to be assured that you did everything the right way. You want the public assured that, um, that you know, when, when running again, that um, you ran a clean campaign, you run a clear and transparent campaign, and it's pretty important to get answers to this. Where, where do you land on the idea of a public inquiry into a lot of these questions? Well, first, trust is everything. So I'm confident that the last election and the election before the election before that there was integrity to it. There are measures that are in place to prevent foreign interference from being successful. Having said that, based on the news reports that we've seen, mm-hmm. I don't know whether a, a public inquiry, I don't know what the details and the mechanics of that would look like entirely. 
But I think it's there's no question that the answer of trust us is insufficient. And I say that as a liberal MP, and I do trust in a liberal government. And, and I, I have every trust in processes that are in place, including, this is a, a mouthful, but there's the critical election incident public protocol. It is independent. They report on election interference incidents. Having said that, having said all of that about mm-hmm. my own trust, we need the public to trust in the integrity of our past elections and our future elections. And I do think there needs to be more transparency around what went on, what were the interference attempts, and and was there any domestic complicity? And, and I think I think two things about what you said. One is it's it's a relief to hear you say that. And the second part is um, regardless, and I'm sure you concur, regardless of whether or not the um, the election integrity and the result was compromised, oh, it was only happening in this many ridings. One riding's too many. One incident of interference for any government, China or otherwise, is, is just too many. We have to we have to be insular when it comes to who we vote for, how we vote, and and who influences those votes. And I think we have to pull apart too. There there will always be attempts to interfere in our elections by foreign adversaries. This is not new. Mm-hmm. These are conversations that I've had in Parliament through parliamentary committees since 2018, I think, when it came to looking at first the role of online platforms, the role of big data and disinformation in, in elections in the United States. We obviously put rules in place. We passed new legislation to keep foreign money out of our elections here in Canada. There are tighter controls on advertising on social media platforms as a result of those conversations. Having having said all of that, it's very important we get to the bottom of any, any domestic complicity, whether it is citizens, whether it is candidates, whether it is those who are here and, and, and operating. And, you know, other countries have uh, foreign agent registries, for example, There, there, there are many steps we can potentially take to further strengthen strengthen processes, but but I think the core point that, that you're making is mm. one incident is too many. There are going to be many attempts, but but we have to get to the bottom of were any of these t- attempts more successful, and was there any domestic complicity? Which I, for me is is the, the of the utmost importance. Like was there was there anyone here who was complicit mm. in supporting these interference efforts on behalf of foreign powers? And, and there, there has to be a full, transparent investigation. And, and if there was any domestic complicity, then prosecution. What are the next steps that, that get taken here? Uh, a committee looking into it? Um, could we could we see this sped up in, in its process? What are the next steps you expect from, from your government? So a couple things to say. One, the government has been seized with these issues. You know, in 2019, there, the, that public protocol, I mentioned the, it's, it's an independent panel of top officials and security experts that assess and, and propose measures to combat threats. That was put in place back in 2019. We've, we've passed legislation to t- tighten some advertising controls and then to oust foreign money, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Since last year, the government's been looking at this idea of a foreign agent's registry as, the, as Australia has, the UK has, as the US has. I don't want to oversell that idea because you know those who don't want to follow the rules aren't going to follow the rules. Uh, in terms of next steps, in terms of investigation, one, there is a parliamentary committee that is looking at this, unanimously voted on to to be seized with this and and to continue to examine mm-hmm. concerns as we're discussing. Having said that, I, I do think there's got to be a conversation around. Is there another independent process that can be stood up to help build trust? Is the parliamentary committee sufficient? If people don't feel it is sufficient, if it lacks certain tools, if its investigation is going to be curtailed in any way, 
then there does have to be a conversation about what additional transparency can we bring to bear to make sure we build the trust that, that is absolutely necessary. Nathaniel Erskine-Smith is our guest, Liberal MP for Beaches East York. Um, we, we've seen other countries reveal, I know this this was your bill and you're adamant that this needs to be done, more for the future than really about the past in, in future potential pandemics. But Australia's listed sort of a what we got right, what we got wrong. There's some European countries starting to do that. There's really important journalistic organizations doing op-eds about what they got right, what they got wrong. This is sort of what you had in mind several months ago when you brought this forward and said, let, 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 let's own what we got right so we can we can do more of it. And let's admit what what we might not do the next time. Yeah. And, and there's obviously we saw the news out of the U.S. around the Department of Energy and updating their own. They, they were inconclusive as to the origins of the pandemic. And now they're saying lab leak, although low confidence, as, mm-hmm. as I think the FBI says as well. So there's still an, an open question as to the exact origins of the, the the pandemic that we've just lived through. Having said that, I think there are core lessons we can learn. And one of those lessons is we know that there are major spillover risks. So whatever the origins of, of this one happen to be, there's still a strong likelihood based on all the evidence that it came out of the Wuhan market and spillover risks are a huge challenge from animals to humans. And, and, that, and, and we know that if we don't treat animals, environment and human health collectively through an approach that says, as we see deforestation, for example, and, and, and we might think of it as a, as, a, as a risk around our environment, it actually creates spillover risks because animals and humans interact more closely. And then that creates risks for us. So I do think we can look seriously regardless of the exact origins or the fact that we don't know the origins. I think we can look and say, how do we put measures in place that will prevent pandemic risk? We're not going to eliminate that risk, but how do we reduce that risk? And how do we make sure we prevent future pandemics? And I think we do need to have that serious conversation and, and, and look at all possible options of the origins of this and say, how do we mitigate risk? Okay, for those catching up, you are uh, strongly considering a run uh, to become leader of the Ontario Liberal Party. They will meet this coming weekend in Hamilton. Uh, it's their annual meeting. You said something interesting with Sabrina Nanji, who I referenced in, to QP Observer, saying that you're really hopeful the leadership process doesn't stretch in to 2024. How valuable are those are those months? Let's say this fall, um, because you turn around to 24, you'd need to know who's going to run in each riding probably by early to mid 25. And then it's really go time from that point on for eight or nine months to get people registered, get people signed up. And um, with eight seats, there's a lot of work to do. With eight seats, there's a lot of work to do. And with the party at its current state, there's a ton of work to do to rebuild field organization, to engage volunteers and get people excited about politics again. And so I don't think anything less than two years is sufficient for any new leader, whether it's me, whether it's someone else, to build the team to engage people to become a household name and to be election ready. And so I really hope that we are seized with these questions. It doesn't hurt also to have a new leader fundraise in the 2023 cycle at the end of the year. So there are all sorts of reasons, I think, to have a race that concludes by the end of the year. They're already, I'm looking at it, you know, there are at least two other candidates that are, that are traveling the province. Mm-hmm. There are others who are, who are eyeing it. I, I don't think we're going to have any shortage of interest in this. If it happens before the end of the year, uh, unlike, you know, the, the, the race where the, the NDP was struggling to, to, to have a candidate as an example, there's no short of an interest on it for the Ontario Liberals. And, and we've got to seize that interest. We've got to get everyone working hard this year and 
and then, you know, get a new leader and, and off to the races. So well, I have 45 seconds. People probably asked you and said there was no urgency, no need uh, to declare prior to this meeting. But I'm, I'm sure you'll be in, in conference with a lot of people at this meeting and, and get a sense as to the lay of the land of the, the direction and philosophies. Again, sort of a review as well as to as to what went wrong um, last election, maybe the last two elections and, and avoid those issues in the future. This this, this weekend is going to be about a few things. Definitely, we'll have those conversations. We're going to change the rules in terms of how we elect the next leader. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that mm-hmm. we we need to make sure we open up the party as much as possible. Remind people if you're frustrated, if you want more out of Queens Park, the answer is participation. Politics is the most important way to make a difference in the lives of those around us. So you got to get involved, become a member. It's free and participate in this process to help select the next leader because it's going to matter a great deal about what the results are in, in the next election, and and we get the confidence compassion integrity we need at queen's park so so for me personally it'll it'll all depend on are we able to build a serious team in every corner of the province we've 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 got momentum towards that i'm confident we'll get there and we just need to continue to build a serious team nathaniel erskine smith uh, liberal mp beaches east york thanks so much for the time today we'll talk real soon thanks greg this is toronto today with greg brady toronto's news today's talk 640 toronto liberal mp han dong uh which we just talked about with Mackenzie grace said this before christmas we don't have audio of it but this is exactly what i'm getting at um when he says well all these allegations of chinese interference that will lead to anti-asian racism let me be on the record here i'm anti anti-Asian racism. Of course I am. But this is an easy, uh, you know, pillow to fall back on for the liberal MP here. If it's so vague, I think a lot of Chinese Canadians feel they might be targeted. I have a big target on my back. These are actual quotes. The worst of vagueness is it's very easy to trigger another round of anti-Chinese racism or anti-Chinese hate. Of course, we saw some of that during the pandemic. It's, It's disgusting. Of course it is. But I don't think the MP now can say, well, there aren't enough details. It's too vague because it's very specific. Now it is the reporting from Sam Cooper and the reporting as well um, from Mackenzie Gray, who we just spoke to. Uh, Let me bring on uh, Melissa Lansman, who's a a conservative MP for Thornhill. Um, What's what's your reaction to this reporting? I know um, conservatives have been on this story. What are the next steps you look for here regarding an inquiry? Well, certainly we've seen this this reporting for for months now from from Global's own Sam Cooper. Each allegation in this story, as this story has developed, Greg, on the uh, Chinese Communist Party's election interference is more shocking than the last revelation. And the prime minister's reaction first was to attack the whistleblowers. And then it was asking questions about uh, election interference itself, undermining democracy. And then he shrugged off the the, the reporting uh, uh, of CSIS allegations as inaccurate. But these reports from media, his government can no longer hide from what they knew and when they knew it, because the reporting is clear. I know when journalists, columnists, um, people who do what I do um, come under scrutiny and they say, well, a source told me that's one thing. And, and you're going to have to provide receipts at some point in time if there's allegations. I think what what's what what steps this over the hurdle here, Melissa, is this is CSIS. Their entire job is to protect us uh, from foreign entities that would interfere either with our government or affect our security via terrorism or, yes, via something like election interference. Interference. This is CSIS and the receipts are there saying you're running a candidate who not only is getting um, undue undue support from the Chinese government, but he knows about it. This is CSIS saying this. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's it's really problematic that a prime minister of a G7 country uh, questions the integrity of our own uh, security intelligence agency. I think that's extremely unwise. And all Canadians, regardless of where they are from, should be able to exercise their democratic right without meddling, without influence, without any pressure. And that's exactly why we wanted to get to the bottom of this months ago when Sam Cooper first reporting reported it. And today, we want to know uh, what the Justin Trudeau government knew when they knew it, not just so we can hold the people responsible for this case in, in the hands-on responsible, but ultimately so we can protect uh, the democracy going forward for every single Canadian. I also think, look, there are conservatives, there are liberals, there are new Democrats that do all the right things. They campaign all the right ways. Uh, they knock on doors. They attend town hall meetings. They take the tough questions. They take the abuse, no less. And um, and they should all be equally frustrated um, by the idea that that somebody would think, well, I'm now more cynical about politics because I can't trust election results. We've never really had that process um, so have the water so poisoned in Canada. A lot of other democracies have. We haven't. We've been pretty pure about this in our history. And that's exactly why a public inquiry and an extension uh, of, uh, of a study in one of the parliamentary committees that was already looking at this, it's called the Procedure and House Affairs uh, Committee. That's why we want to see this being investigated. You can't investigate yourself if potentially you benefited from this. And this latest story on Handong and what the prime minister knew about the nomination of this candidate after signing his papers, we want to know what he knew when he knew it, and he's not going to be able to investigate himself on this one. Liberals are calling for it. Uh, you know, the mainstream media is calling for it. Canadians are calling for it. They can't run and hide from this one, Greg. Melissa Lanceman is joining us on Toronto Today. Speaking of, we had uh, Nathaniel Erskine-Smith on, your, uh, your colleague in Parliament. I want, you, want to play you what uh, the Liberal MP said about the idea of an investigation uh, earlier on the show. Based on the news reports that we've seen, mm -hmm. I don't know whether a, a public inquiry, I don't know what the details and the mechanics of that would look like entirely. We need the public to trust in the integrity of our past elections and our future elections. And I do think there needs to be more transparency around what went on, what were the interference attempts, and, and was there any domestic complicity? That's really where it's at, isn't it, Melissa? Like, it's a, it's a bad look. If people are going to run again federally, um, you, you'd want it cleared up. You'd want it cleaned up. So MPs who do things the right way don't have to answer a million questions on, on front porches the next time there's an election. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And we want to know that everybody in the House of Commons, everybody who is sitting there, everybody who is elected by the Canadian people uh, is held to, uh, you know, a level of scrutiny without all of these questions swirling in the air. It's exactly why we want, you know, transparency from uh, from this government. And it's exactly why they cannot investigate themselves on this one. I got a lot of messages over the weekend, um, clearly, and, and you probably have an opinion about it with um, the meeting with Christine Anderson that three conservative MPs had. It, it's very frustrating for people who support your party. I'm sure it's it's fodder for people who don't um, that these three Ontario conservative MPs met with this person. I know Pierre Polyev has condemned this. Um, when you first saw the photos and the reaction, what was your reaction? Yeah, look, I'm glad there was swift, uh, an unequivocal condemnation. Uh, I think unlike a government who, 
you know, who took uh, a month to denounce an anti-Semite, which they funded themselves. That was the case of Lace, Lace Maroof with hundreds of thousands of dollars of, uh, of taxpayer money. And uh, it took them more than two months to terminate their contract. I'm glad when these things happen that the leader of the party says that they shouldn't happen, that they shouldn't have ever met with her and, and, uh, and denounced her racist and vile views. And I think if you're vocal about Anderson and you didn't say a word about Lace Maroof, then this isn't about hate for you. It's about politics. Should there also, though, be I, I wonder if you're if, if Mr. Polyev has sort of a uh, pardon the phrase come to Jesus meeting and says this has to stop like this has to stop. There have been more than a couple incidents like it within the last 12 months. Yeah, look, I, I think there's been a, a lot of incidents on uh, Parliament Hill with uh, with MPs of all stripes. Uh, you know, meeting with uh, meeting with people that they shouldn't meet with, meeting with people that don't hold uh, Canadian values or don't hold the same values as as, as Canadians do. Uh, and there should be, you know, there should be vetting and there should be unequivocal condemnation, which we saw this time. Does it do you worry it, it hurts you come election time the more incidents like this happens? Well, I, I think it's a it's a good wake up reminder to every single MP, every single person that is elected to represent others, to make sure they know exactly, you know, what they are doing, uh, exactly who they are meeting with, and to make sure that it reflects, uh, you know, the majority of Canadian values. This one is, uh, you know, is vile, and there's no excuse for it. And I'm glad that we saw that condemnation from the leader. I got a minute here. I know you were on stage um, on an emotional evening. And, and again, I think also um, I wouldn't say it was apolitical, but it's a rare moment when uh, Justin Trudeau, Pierre Polyev, Doug Ford, yourself, others are on stage uh, at the one year anniversary of, of uh, Russia's incursion into Ukraine. What was the atmosphere like? What did you make of, of where we're at? Well, certainly we don't want to see a second anniversary of this or, or a third anniversary. And, you know, it's not the stage that you want to be on. Uh, but there mm. certainly is more that, uh, you know, Canadian Canada could be doing, particularly with regards to uh, uh, to providing good, clean Canadian energy to uh, to Europe to stop, uh, you know, to stop funding Russia's aggression in uh, in Ukraine. And uh, we we saw that loud and clear with uh, with the applause lines. The community knows that there is more that uh, they can do, and it was a very solemn evening uh, and uh, and and one that we hope not to see again. Melissa, thank you so much for the time. I always appreciate it. Uh, you connecting with our audience. Thanks again. Thanks so much, Greg. Melissa Lansman uh, joining us, uh, conservative MP. Um, and look, I, I think there's more than enough conversation to have saying you might have liberal values and you just it's driving you crazy how the party's shooting itself in the foot. You might have conservative values and you see this as well with the three uh, MPs and, and the photo op with um, a politician that you just don't want a photo with. So <laughs> there's a, this is, again, this is a why it's a very cynical process right now. It's nuts, to be perfectly fair.